Well, thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful, wonderful, thank you, Jungle Jim, wonderful musical introduction. Hi, well, isn't the guy so talented? Sitting over there in the corner behind his synthesizer and his uh, nice class on there with my dollar bill in there, tipping him for his talents. Beautiful job, way to kick off the show. Hi, this is Failing Up, and this is Tim Marr broadcasting from the bowels of the basement located on the mighty Seneca River flowing all the way up into the Oswego River in Lake Ontario, the Great Lake of Ontario. You make a right, you're going to go up the Thousand Island, the St. Lawrence Seaway. Beautiful seaway and go past a thousand islands. Some are blank, some have are empty, I should say, not blank, and some of them have mansions on them, and just a historic area, crossing into Canada, going way up north and out into the Atlantic Ocean, right around the world, just like my voice right now. If you make a left-hand turn on that great lake of Ontario, you're going to head right over to Toronto, a little uh, head south, right into Buffalo. Get over to uh, the river there, hook up to Lake Erie, that other great lake, Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, Lake Huron, just these beautiful, huge, inland oceans. Unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable. If you've never seen them, if, if you ever see a picture, if you've been to Chicago, you're right on Lake Michigan. It looks just like an ocean. Chicago's right on Lake Michigan. And if you're along the shores of Lake Ontario, it's the same thing. It looks just like a tremendous, tremendous ocean. Well, here we are wrapping up, wrapping up 2021. We're going to have a special, uh, later on, a special New Year's Eve podcast reflecting on the year and and what it means when a, a year ends and a new one begins. A lot to look back on. And and one of the things, um, yeah, boy, one of the things is up here in the Northeast, we have not had any snow. As the Christmas season, the holiday season, I guess it transitions into the holiday season, has started to wrap up. It's a, it's a season here without snow. Beautiful foliage, but no snow. What are you going to do? Now it'll snow like a son of a gun for the next four months right up until may it'll snow like crazy from now until may it's going to snow like like crazy um but it's it's been tropical now tropical tropical holiday season be taking down all the decorations next week you know uh all that kind of stuff but one thing that uh you know we're uh we're a world and a society and a nation that has many uh you know you hear about all these addictions opioid addictions and alcoholism and uh, drug addiction, and sex addiction, and food addiction. And I think we've become, I think, which of course is important because I think it, if I think it, damn it, it's important. If I think it, leave the room. If I think it, get the hell out of the room because it's, it's dangerous. Because Lord knows what happens in this neighborhood between my years. But I'm thinking one of the, the, the greatest addictions of the last uh, 30 years, certainly the last 20 years, is fame. The addiction of fame, how much people want to be famous, the price they pay for fame. Uh, it was a long time ago, and I believe it was Andy Warhol, I believe it was Andy Warhol in the 60s that said, uh, you know, before everybody will be famous, have their 15 minutes of fame. Well, now, it's actually proven to be true. People want to be infamous. They want to be famous. And, and we live in a, in a culture, especially a media culture, where that's possible. It's possible to become famous. And what motivates many individuals, especially when they, what they call entertainment, because entertainment has really in many ways become just garbage. Uh, there's great, don't, don't get me wrong, there's great, 
there's great entertainment. There are great plays being written, and there's great music being produced. Uh, there's great um, movies being made, and actors doing great roles, and writers. That, 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 that still holds true, but they're getting they get they get covered up by all this other stuff. Um, when uh, networks or uh, businesses or industry, industry, you know, networks, but you have uh, all Netflix and all these other opportunities, have realized that uh, people will pay to watch a lot of stuff. And I think with the advent of uh, reality television, and reality television really started to take off, I mean, there was, by the way, there was reality television way back in the 70s. There was, a, I think it was a show called The Cowsills, and that was a reality television show, and I believe the Partridge family was then based on that show. I might be wrong, but if I am, uh, check out my website at timothymar.org and just let me know. Um, but the uh, but reality television made it possible, especially when it started to take over on MTV. So reality television took over what was really cool about MTV was that as MTV actually played music. I loved MTV when it played music. I loved the VJs. And they're gone, and now it's music, television, but it's all the, it became all these reality shows, uh, Jersey Shore, all you know, uh, I don't know where the where the people going on the vacation in the house, real life, which wasn't real life five, real life three, Jersey Shore, where people literally, with no uh, talent to offer, you know, they, they threw them into a, you know, into a into a house, you know, or in New Jersey, and, and you just. It was voyeurism. You just watched these people and how they acted and how they got in trouble and and all the things they did and, and all the foolish things they did, all the stupid, stupid things they did. Uh, and every week you would get hooked to turn in to, to turn on and turn into this stuff and see, oh, look at these jerks are doing this week. And people got hooked. People got hooked. But it's better than a soap opera because it was quote unquote reality television. And then these individuals became a new type of category of star. You know, we always had television stars and movie stars, rock stars, uh, political stars, but now we had reality stars. So you became a star for being a jerk or being an idiot on television, making a fool of yourself, but you became a star. And you made lots of money. You make lots of money. And it branches off in all kinds of other opportunities because you're willing to have to showcase your um, yourself in, in, in any manner on television. Then those led into uh, you know game shows like Fear and things where people could become famous. We always had game shows, but those, those reality shows, they, you know, they created the Kardashians. They created Snooki from uh, Jersey Shore. And then uh, you know, those reality shows um, became an avenue you know, if you're fortunate enough to be on a reality show, became an avenue for uh, this, I guess you'd call it stardom, but there's no talent there, but you, but you had followers, you know, became famous. People did these shows for the fame. You know, they didn't want to be actors. They just wanted to be famous. They wanted to be rich and famous. They go hand in. Rich and famous. That's the goal. I want to be rich and famous. Um, YouTube then um, led to a number of individuals, you know, I want to be rich and famous, so I go on YouTube. And I do whatever I do on YouTube, and I get a bazillion followers, I guess. And I become famous, and then I become rich because I have so many followers. I'll do whatever it takes to become rich and famous. I'll, I'll bend the truth. I'll, you know, I'll stick a pencil up my nose and light it on fire. All to become rich and famous. The goal was to be rich and famous. Famous, famous, famous. 
Uh, and all, you know, these led into other, you know, people on social media, even Facebook, you see people posting and posting just to be famous, you know, to get as many likes as they can, to get as many uh, people, why, and, and, and it feeds this, this hunger, this desire for fame, fame, and in many cases, you know, fame and, and, and riches and fame, you know, TikTok and all, whatever, all, all these places. But the goal is people, it's like a career. You know, what do you, what do you want to do? I want to be famous. What do you want to do with your life? I want to be rich and I want to be famous. Okay. Well, what does that mean? There was a time, there was a time when individuals who became famous and rich did not set out to be famous and rich unless they were uh, somebody like um, an investor, or, you know, somebody like somebody like that. But um, Howard Hughes or the Rockefellers, they set out to be rich. You know, that, that was their goal. That was their profession, uh, but not to be famous, maybe. Uh, but people who became famous became famous based on their works. And it wasn't a goal. You know, when the Beatles were first interviewed, and the Rolling Stones, for that matter, when they were first interviewed about the early days in those bands, and they said, you know, did you think this would ever happen? The Beatles were asked, you know, did you think this would ever happen, the band? And, and, and to a member, I believe, uh, in with the Stones, they said, no, we, we thought this would probably go on about a year, maybe a year, maybe a two, and it'd be done. We just wanted to be in a band. We just wanted to have a band. We just like playing music and wanted to be in a band, you know, meet some chicks, be in a band. And maybe after a couple of years, and then it took off. And they were, they were as surprised as everybody else that it took off. They were accomplished musicians. They practiced. They played thousands and thousands of hours. And they loved the music, whether it was the Beatles or the Stones or the other bands. But they didn't set out to be a famous rock and roll band. They set out to be a band that makes some money playing music. It was the music that drove them. And in, many, in all cases... Um, Maybe not with all the Stones, because Mick Jagger is an excellent businessman. I think eventually if the Stones didn't stay as a band, he would have probably gone into, into business or politics. He's a really uh, interesting fella. But, the, uh, but, but, but if it didn't, you know, they played for music, and many of them would be just as happy as playing their rock and roll or their songs in small clubs for the rest of their life or, or on the streets, because it was all about the music. Everything else came along with the music, but it was always about the music. It wasn't about becoming famous, and many of them were surprised by fame, and many of them didn't know how to handle fame. Um, and, and therefore, you could see how so, many individuals perished because it was unexpected, and they didn't know how to handle it. You look at, uh, you know, the not ready for primetime players. They didn't set out to be famous. You know, most of many of them, the, the majority, except for two of them. Um, came from either the Groundlings or the Second City. Lorraine Newman came from the Groundlings, which was an improv troupe out in L.A., uh, Belushi, Aykroyd, Murray, and uh, um, Belushi, Aykroyd, Murray, Radner, they all came from the Second Cities, uh, Chicago, Toronto. I included uh, Murray, even though he wasn't in the originals, but he came on about a year later. Uh, Chevy Chase was a writer, and... Um, uh, Jane Curtin came from a theater troupe, and Garrett Morris, I'm not sure where he came from. He was like a theater guy in New York. But they were the not ready for primetime players. And people would say, well, you're not you're the not ready for primetime players because you're not good enough to be in primetime. That's not why they were called the not ready for primetime players. They were called the not ready for primetime players because they didn't want to be, they, were, they felt they were too good to be in primetime. 
And they didn't do that gig, Saturday Night Live. They probably figured that thing's going to last maybe a year. Who knew it? Because at the time, it wasn't a franchise. At the time, it was a, it was a huge risk. Some of them came from the National Lampoon Radio Hour. Some of them came from improv stages. And they were really focused on the quality of their performance. They were focused on what they were doing as an art form. They were focused on you know, what their art form was, uh, the messages it was sending and, and how well they, you know, how well they performed it. They weren't focusing on getting famous. They weren't focusing on getting famous and rich. They were happy to have a gig. They were happy to have a gig. And, and Belushi almost didn't even get on Saturday Night Live because um, he didn't want to be on television. He thought it was selling out. And he and uh, Lauren Michaels really didn't hit it off right away. But that's what they wanted. They wanted gigs. They wanted to work. They wanted to make some money working. But they never, they never set out to say, "Oh, I want to be famous." And it was the. And I think it was Johnny Carson once said, "You know, pick what you want to do and do it well, and everything else will come." I mean, you look at the great athletes uh, prior to when, you know, to like the late '90s when you know when it, when basketball and football become these you know huge entertainment industries. You know, but guys and women and men, they all played the sports because they loved the sport and they loved the competition and they wanted to win. They didn't play the sport to become famous. They played the sport to win. They played the sport because they were competitors and to win. They wanted to win, win, win. That's why they participated in what they participated in. You know, uh, you can pick a, you can pick a group, the U2, the, the uh, Bruce Springsteen played because he played the music. He wanted to play the guitar. He didn't, you know, play to be famous first. And as I said, Johnny Carson said, uh, you, know, you do that, and then you, and then everything else comes. Where now, the goal is to be famous. You know, what will make me famous? And in many cases, the uh, vehicle, you know, the, you know, individuals will see a rock star. I want to be a rock star. I want to be a rock star. And so, what does a rock star do? How does a rock star dress? But yet, they're not um, students of the music that they want to. Uh, and then that's not to say all. I mean, you have legitimate, superly talented individuals who the music and the performance drives them. I would say Lady Gaga, you know, is one of those individuals. Um, many where where it's just you know the the, the talent is it's just so uh, extraordinary. You know, Eminem and uh, many you know many of these you know uh, individuals that you know that was the music that that drove them, and then the rest came. Um, even the original late night people, when you got past Letterman, you, and when you got past Carson, you got into Letterman. You know, Letterman was a stand-up comic, and that's what he wanted to do, and and he worked into that role. Um, and the same with you know the rest of them. Uh, you know, um, Colbert went to the Second City, and 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 they didn't set out to be famous. They set out to to get, make money, making a living, doing that kind of stuff. Where now it's it's the fame first, and I think that's why you see a lot of athletes in um, basketball and football. And even all sports, I should say, they kind of fizzle out quick because they're there for the fame, and they and they get they get some moments of glory, and then they take off, and they get more into the into the fame individual thing, especially in team sports. And then they kind of they kind of lose their mojo because they're so focused on the other piece than than actually the the vehicle that got them there, you know. But we're we're a society driven by the need for the most part this addiction to fame, and fame's fleeting. Fame is a fool's errand. Fame is intangible. Fame is like a drug, you know, it goes right into your veins. You see these child stars, you know, Leif Garrison, you know, they were uh, the beaver. You know, they were famous at a very young age, so they tasted it. You know, adolescence, you know, they tasted, you know, either, you know, zero to ten or tweens or, or teens, and they tasted fame. I mean, they knew what it was like to have everybody, you know, 
be famous. Everybody want to be around you. Everybody, all the perks of fame. All, the, And then it goes. You're 20 years old and it's over. And you try to hang on to it. You try to hang on to it so much because you want to have everybody know you. You want everybody to know about you. You want people to uh, uh, like you so much because of who you are. You know, and, and it's, it's, like, it's like a drug. It's like a high. Then it's gone like that. And it comes in many, many levels. I mean, you look at, you know, the, those that were, you know, high school stars and then their glory days are gone. Boom. Graduate high school. It's over. Done. Now what? Now what do I do? Do I spend the rest of my life talking about those four years? Uh, you know, child, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I had a taste of it. I was on a children's show in the 80s. And, you know, I would go into shopping malls and places and I was on a train. And I'd be followed by people, followed by kids, followed by their parents and all that. And then, and then it ended. Um, a part of me was kind of glad, but, but the other piece is um, you, you notice when it's gone. But you move on. I mean, it, it, you know, and people, some people spend the rest of their lives trying to get it back. There's a great song, a song by the Kings called Celluloid Hero. Everybody's a hero. Everybody's a star. Everybody's in the movies on Hollywood Boulevard. It talks about how some people struggled in vain, in vain to be famous. It's, a, it's, 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 it's not tangible. It's not something you can grab onto. It's not something that you can just pursue. Although individuals who really want to be famous, and, and that's their goal, they go onto the evil side of fame. They want to be notorious and famous, so they, so they perform horrendous acts, horrendous acts that put them into the spotlight because they're so addicted to this drug of fame that they'll do anything to get in the news. They'll do anything to be remembered forever or remembered for a lifetime, and they'll take other people's lives. They'll, they'll have total disregard for other people's lives, and they'll just uh, do what they want. Horrendous acts that we've experienced. Again, the addictive drug of fame. You know, so in many cases, it's 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 an observation where uh, there are still those individuals who put out great rock and roll, great music, great pop, great contemporary music, uh, perform wonderful plays, musicals, uh, um, sing great songs, write great writings, do all these things uh, because they love. They have a passion for the work. They're still there, and it's so refreshing when you. When you hear them, and when you see them, and when you read them, when you watch them. But you have to get through all the other crap of individuals who just want to be famous. Individuals who would pick their nose for, for a half hour and then scream at their lover who's still in prison, who's going to come out of prison, and they're going to be jail, lover, prison, ex, whatever they're going to be. Fame is a fool's errand. That's today's lesson. Fame is a fool's task. Pursue your passion. Oh, man, I got off this pulpit. I hear you, Jungle Jim. This is Tim Marr. This is Failing Up. Hope you're having a great day. Take it away, Jungle Jim.